Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and I'm elated to be back to discuss Chicago Bears football with you. Join with me today is, well, you guessed it, it's my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. Nick, it's been a very strange week. How are you holding up? Yeah, it has been a strange week. Um, I think I'm good right now. Uh, just had everything kind of settle in. I was I was actually at class at DePaul when we found out that our school got canceled. Uh, spring quarter's been canceled. A lot of classes that I wanted to take. Classes with Patrick Finley was supposed to be taught. Don't think that's going to happen anymore. I had a TV class. Completely got canceled out of that. So, yeah, it's been interesting, what, maybe 72 hours now. When the NBA, you know, went down, I think that's when everything really hit me. Uh, the most, but it's just been it's been crazy to say the least. That's it seems like this is all from a movie, to be completely honest, with everything that's been happening. It does. And we had to push our podcast back a day just because here in Bloomington they canceled school. A lot of hoopla, a lot of uh prepping, just trying to cover your bases if worst case scenario ever kind of happens. But Nick, a really serious matter I want to talk about first though is IU won the last Big Ten game of the season in the tournament. Does that make my Hoosiers Big Ten champs? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> you sure about that? I can't have this one on a technicality? No, like even DePaul won their, their big East game, and it's like DePaul has been awful for the last couple of weeks, so we're not even going to give them that, or I won't at least. Yeah, okay, all right, just checking. I'm going to count it, but I guess it doesn't matter if I count it whatsoever. But how do you feel about some of these seniors real quick? I mean, we're talking about Rama Maters. This is a football podcast, a Bears podcast, but we're talking – to kind of open the show about the whole coronavirus because it's affecting the entire sports world. It's affected the Bears as well, canceling their draft party. But real quickly, how do you feel about these seniors? Because I feel so bad for some of these guys, and hopefully they can find a way uh, to kind of bring them back or give them some different eligibility. Don't think it's going to work, but to have just putting myself in their shoes, that would just be heartbreaking beyond belief. You know, yeah, it, it absolutely would be. I couldn't even imagine, like, for some of the high school students at the high school I work at, these seniors now that are supposed to play their, their spring sports, they don't have that opportunity anymore. Um, I think they're in discussions, though, with possibly giving these certain players a year, another year of eligibility. I know it's been talked about. I think when it comes to something like this, obviously March Madness not being played this year, you have to look into it. You're taking away a, a year from their, you know, once in a lifetime opportunity here, but I think when you also got to think about the other side, like 
there's it's just something just bigger than sports, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's this virus is affecting a lot of people, and people are you know dying from it. So you got to think there's bigger picture here. But if we're talking about another year of eligibility for some of these seniors, it's definitely being talked about, and I would definitely not be opposed to it because they definitely deserve it. Yeah, I mean they like here in Indiana, uh, Devonte Green. He's been here for four years. Uh, they have not made the tournament since his uh, the year before he entered the program. So for him to work his tail off to become a senior and IU should be in the tournament, all things considered this year. Again, we don't even know right now, but I trust my gut and that should have happened. You got to feel bad for the guy. But let's bring this back to the Bears because this is a Bears podcast. And like I mentioned, this is having an effect on the team. They've uh, suspended business travel for the personnel. Uh, they're not going to any pro days. Heck, I don't even know if those are even going. Those are probably canceled too as well, or unless they're going to just be having them like over online streamed or videotaped and sent out. Who knows? Uh, on top of that, they canceled their draft party, which, Nick, I know you're saying on Twitter uh, yesterday, like, do that already. And they followed suit, and they were making sure to close that one down. The draft, I don't think, is going to be the big event that we're used to. And Vegas, you know, being in that atmosphere, it's going to be really weird seeing it how it's going to be. And then on top of that, uh, you and I were talking about this right before we went live. They can't do these uh, visits with some of these uh, rookies coming in like they normally would in person. What kind of impact do you think that could have? Because you and I were talking, it's so much different to meet someone in person than it is over even a video conference like a Skype or a Zoom or a Google Hangouts. And not that the Bears would be catfished because they know who they're talking to, but they could not get the same vibe that they would in person when you're talking to someone over a computer. Yeah, absolutely. I think these top 30 visits that each team, you know, gets access to for to just look more into these draft prospects that gets taken away because of all this coronavirus and the situation at hand. And the Bears, I mean, they brought in David Montgomery on one of those top 30 visits last year. They end up drafting him, moving up a couple spots to get him. Obviously, they they liked what they saw in film, but you take what you get from these these visits. That's why these formal meetings at the NFL Combine are so important. Those were limited. So you got to take this into account. They limited the formal meetings they can have at the Combine. Now you don't get these top 30 visits at all. The, the, the scouts can't go and visit other players. They can't go to these pro days. A lot is weighing on just the Bears' evaluation on the film right now. And you just over the years, the Bears have had a lot of misses in you know top portions, the top rounds of the draft. So it just puts more of a critical component on these scouts, the whole entire Bears organization, to make sure what they're seeing on film is exactly what they want to have on this Bears organization. Because maybe, like you said, it's probably going to be these Skype interviews. doesn't give you the same sense of who a player is as a person, but it, it's just what everyone has to deal with at this moment because I don't know when things are going to get better. So it's just something that everyone's got to deal with, but it's definitely going to affect every single NFL team. It really is. It's not just the Bears here are affected by this. And it's interesting because you mentioned you're going to have to really trust scouting here, uh, not just for what you see on film, but also uh, the reports and the interviews you're having with people around these players to get uh, kind of a sense of what their character is. And again, that's what you're using these meetings for. And it's not just the Bears who aren't going to have them. It's going to be every other team. So it's not going to be like an unfair advantage or not for you know any organization over another but it's going to make, I think everyone's draft strategy is going to change slightly. Don't think it's going to impact the league as a whole, but you're going to have to trust some different resources and kind of change the general workflow that you have in draft preparations, which in one sense, again, this whole situation, it's uh, bothersome. 
and it's super serious. Um, but from a football standpoint, it's to me not, I don't know if exciting is the right word, but it's kind of cool to have a little bit of a different kind of path. And I'm not saying this is cool by any means, but it is unique and it's going to be something to kind of pay attention to. It's going to be a draft that no one's going to forget because of some of these other circumstances that are kind of behind it. Is there anything else in terms of the coronavirus, Nick, that you wanted to mention today? Um, no, I mean, it just I think when people, whether whatever your beliefs are on this virus, it's definitely, you know, impacting a lot of people. Just be considerate about the people around you. Don't be an idiot, to be completely honest. Wash your hands. It's like things that we should have been doing way, way before this happened. Just make sure you're really doing it now. Just again, it's uh, it's going to affect us for who knows how long. So we might as well do whatever we can now to kind of limit just the the consequences that we're going to be facing for a little bit. Yeah, and we don't even know how much it may impact uh, the NFL offseason in terms of like uh, mini camps and rookie mini camps and OTAs. Hopefully by then, I mean, it's a non-issue or a much more minimal issue than it is right now. But I can foresee a future where those do get impacted to some degree, uh, which, again, could have a little bit of a ripple effect on this upcoming season, at least when it comes to the rookie class. And we all know how important OTAs is to uh, certain teams uh, trying to build chemistry and of course, improve their team moving forward and getting everyone on the same page. But getting back to what we originally planned this episode to be about uh, last week when we're kind of discussing what we want to talk about in the podcast, today's episode is our free agency primer. Uh, Nick and I, we're not fortune tellers, so we can't really tell you who the Bears will be uh, picking up here in free agency, but we'll go over a good amount of options that Chicago has as free agency is about to begin. As of right now, it's still about to begin. They haven't changed uh, the start of that. I heard that is still something that's technically on the table. But as of right now, we have, I believe, five days uh, until the free agency window officially opens. Nick, are you ready to just kind of move on from coronavirus and talk about Chicago Bears and free agency? Absolutely. All right, let's go ahead and begin uh, with actually a re-signing that happened yesterday, last night. Danny Trevathan, who, by the way, later in my notes, when we're going position by position, I gave Nick a screenshot. I wanted the Bears to re-sign Danny Trevathan. I was on the, on the fence a little bit during the State of the Franchise defense episode, but looking at what has been happening with Nick Kwiatkowski and what's about to happen, this re-signing Danny Trevathan made a lot of sense. You retain a leader on this defense. You give Roquan Smith his original counterpart that he's comfortable with. And of course, Danny Trevathan, uh, ever since we had this rebuild and this retooling of the roster when Ryan Pace entered, he's been a very core element of this defense. The one issue, of course, is he's only had one 16-game season over his four years as a Chicago Bears, but they believe in him, uh, who he is as a leader, who he is as a football player, and they're banking on him staying healthy and being an anchor in this defense uh, for now the next three years, uh, which is, of course, exciting for him. And I think, Nick, I just actually just want to go to you. I don't want to mention what I think right now. I want to hear your thoughts on Danny Trevathan in the resigning. Yeah, I think it's the move that is best for the Bears. I think with Nick Kwiatkowski, how he played in relief and him being still a very young player, he's going to have a market for himself. Hopefully it's just not for the team up north in Green Bay that's looking for an inside linebacker right now. But Danny Trevathan, you see the contract that the Bears did give him were three years up to a max of $24 million. That shows the confidence that the Bears really do have in Danny Trevathan, how much they value that leadership, his playing ability on the field. Well, I think when we look back at the 2019 season, before that first game against 
the the Detroit Lions. And up into that game, Danny Trevathan was the best inside linebacker when he was healthy. He was fast. He was getting after the quarterback, doing things that we typically see out of a Danny Trevathan when he is on the field. So that's what the Bears are hoping they still get out of Danny Trevathan. Still 29. I think in a couple of weeks he does, he does turn 30. So it's obviously you when you give a guy like this that much money and then I think 14 million is guaranteed you're hoping you still have some really good years out of him and I think he does have that he had a freak injury when you really think about it against the Detroit Lions nine times out of ten when he makes that fall going after the quarterback it's a regular typical fall he's gonna get back up his arm just locks up and obviously his season ends at that moment so Danny Trevathan I think it was just Overall, too, probably the cheaper option. I think Nick Wachowski's, like I said, going to have a market. So the Bears retain their leader. You mentioned the continuity between him and Roquan Smith. I think you, those two are the best pair. I know Nick Kukowski played well, but you have the two best tandem for the Bears, and most likely, and we'll get to uh, some other free agents on here at the inside linebacker position, but I like the move. It was a smart one for the Bears, but everybody really wins. Nick Kukowski's going to get paid. The Bears keep their leader. I think everyone becomes happy in this uh, re-signing here. Unless Kukowski stays within the division and goes north, and then maybe it's not a win-win-win. No, that would it win for Nick Kukowski's pocket loss for Bears fans because we know he can be an, he could be an impact guy. He really can when he's out there playing. He he showed what he can do. Yeah, and we'll see. Uh, now he's going to go somewhere else. He's going to get paid a lot, and expectations for him, no matter what franchise it is for Nick Kukowski, they're going to get raised. And at least from our perspective, I think. I will keep tabs to see if he does live up to some of those expectations uh, no matter where he goes. That was one of the concerns about bringing him back here with that price tag getting higher and higher is could he live up to some of those higher standards? Because we know he couldn't be a liability in coverage. We've seen it in the past. He did much better last year, but that was a contract year. He knew it and he had a limited opportunity. So you better believe he was, you know, 110% in every snap knowing that, you know, every one of these snaps can earn me a contract and it, it's going to work out for him. Uh, we'll see how it continues to kind of shake out. But that's not the only move the Bears have made. Earlier, I think it was about two hours ago, right before we went live, uh, they tendered an offer to Roy Robertson-Harris. So it looks like RRH will be retained here in Chicago, will be a Chicago Bear. And if uh, he is a restricted free agent, so if someone else goes out and signs him, uh, we don't know the round yet or what this tender exactly is, but the Bears will be getting something back in return. Thoughts about uh, the return of Roy Robertson-Harris? Yeah, so I think it was Kevin Fishbane actually that tweeted out it it's looking like it's going to be a second round tender. So what basically that means, a free agent, obviously they can so Roy Robinson Harris can negotiate with other teams, but the Bears obviously have an option to match any deal and if they don't, they'll receive a, a second round draft pick. I doubt anybody's going to be willing to do that. So Roy Robinson Harris is going to be a bear. And uh, again, in that tweet by Kevin Fishbane, he also t- uh, in there put the second round ten- tenders worth $3.278 million. So that's about what um, maybe Roy Robinson is expected to get. But I doubt any team's going to want to give up possibly a second round pick if they can't, if the Bears don't match that offer. So it's a move that I think makes sense. Um, we didn't see Roy Robinson Harris play with the consistency that I would have liked to see out of him, but nobody on the defense did. Let's be completely honest that a lot of those guys were, you know. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm. 
in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Well, they had their spurts here and there, but... It means most likely Roy Robinson Harris will be here for another season. The Bears, I think, when they saw Akeem Hicks went down, they needed guys to step up. And like I said, at times, Roy Robinson Harris was able to do that. But you want to just see more consistency. We've been saying this forever. Years. When for when Jonathan Bullard was here, it's him mm-hmm. and him, you know, RRH were just going at it for a spot. We obviously know who won that, but we still just need to see more consistency. We do. Uh, I think consistency is a big one for him moving forward uh, with that tender. He is getting paid a decent amount of money uh, to stay here. Do you have higher expectations for him? And we'll, of course, we'll talk about this officially when we get to countdown to camp and really hammer out some expectations. But sitting here in March, you have to think that the Bears are going to have higher expectations for him too, to have not just that kind of a tender on him, but also putting a second round conditional on him uh, for that in return. They want to retain him. That's why you do something like that. And they believe in him. So for you, uh, he was good last year. Do you think he can get to that great or good-ish or good, great-ish? You know, the in-between zone between good and great, because as much as I like Roy Robertson Harris, I don't know if he can be a quote great player. I want to make sure I use that word properly, but I think he can be a oh very good maybe the maybe <laughs> the actual word I was looking for there or at least adjective. Do you think he can reach very good status? So I don't know if he can reach that status, but he needs to because I think when going back to Akeem Hicks's injury, they the Bears were looking for somebody to step up. No one really did that outside of Nick Williams for a couple of games. So when you put, like you said, when you put a second round tender on there, you're looking to retain this player because most likely a team's not going to offer that up in the chance that they would, get, the Bears would get, receive a second round pick. So the Bears obviously believe in him. Now we just, again, we need to see it. And I think Roy Robinson Harris needs to show us what, I think this is what, year maybe four? Getting, it's getting up there, three or four, where, we just are asking a little bit more of Roy Robinson Harris. The Bears obviously value him. They value Danny Trevathan. So they're giving guys that they think are going to be contributors for not just next season, but down the road possibly uh, contracts that are, you know, worth it. So I don't know if he can get there, but he kind of he needs to just in case anybody else were to go down next season. You're five. For wow. Robinson so Harris. yeah, I undersold he's it. For so five, he's, He's been here uh, 2016, year he, 2017, yeah. 2018, 2019. So, yeah, he's entering year five. It was the one year I think he just took a year off because of some kind mm. of illness. or I think that's what it was. Um, he just he didn't play it down. But, yeah, so he's been here for a while. We are all familiar with Roy Robinson Harris. We all know his game. We just consistency. Let's see it finally. Absolutely, absolutely. Other than that, there was news today. It's Bears-related, so I will mention it. But Paul Crane uh, did have a tweet out that the Raiders are looking to shop Derek Carr by the free agency opening and that the Bears are one of the teams in talks to maybe possibly make a deal done. I don't want to sit here and speculate about a possible trade talk. And, okay, if there is a trade that happens before free agency, Nick, I know you and I were doing an emergency podcast on that. Um, but anything you want to mention, we talked about Derek Carr in great length in previous episodes. So I don't think we need to spend too many cycles on it. But is there anything you want to mention about this? Yeah, so I think, you know, this news is getting out there for a reason. Um, whether the Raiders just want to up the ante on what it could 
take to get a Derek Carr or like teams that wanted were interested in him they're, and they're putting the Bears as this the team that they're talking to it's all done for a reason we've heard reports earlier in this offseason that the Bears wanted to move up to the number one spot and get Joe Burrow that the Bears were looking to shop Khalil Mack so you're gonna hear a lot of things not that there isn't validity to this because there's been talks about Derek Carr for a little bit now so maybe there's there's some smoke maybe there's some fire to this you know report but until stuff actually the pieces start moving i'm just gonna let things happen let these people report what's being said and then if it starts to pick up some more traction then we can definitely talk about it because we would definitely do an emergency podcast if there's a Derek Carr train because ultimately that would probably be the end of trubisky not just like as a backup i think that would finish him here in chicago yeah you know you don't make that move and have trubisky even have a chance of starting you just put too much capital into that position you have to find a way to cut ties uh, at one point or another but nick are you excited to now jump into some positions and actually talk about free agents and who the bears may acquire here in a week or so yeah this is where again it's all speculation but it's fun speculation for sure it is fun speculation and we talked about Derek carr so let's go ahead and begin at quarterback why not? I was looking at the free agency list, Nick. Uh, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, Case Keenum. Nobody tickled my fancy. Not one of these guys really floated my boat. How about you? So if I there's a it depends on the route that the Bears want to take in this. If they want to go the cheap one year option on a veteran that could push Trubisky, could you know if Trubisky were to do bad during the season. Then I wonder how much slack I'll get. Case Keenum would be the guy it's for me. At age 32, you know he's not going to be the future, but he's a guy that you've seen what he can do when he has weapons around him. You go back to 2017, what he did with the Vikings, had a great year. Um, I guess I share, I'll say this it's debatable whether or not he could read a defense. We all know how he played against the Bears last season. Awful, but he is a veteran that is accustomed to making his reads getting the ball to his playmaker and the athletic actually did a story on possible free agents they proposed maybe a one-year deal five million with three million in guaranteed money but it's a cheap option a veteran that can execute the offense keenum would be their guy and at 32 like i say he's just a placeholder an eventual guy that will get replaced if the bears do like someone in the draft you can have trubisky and keenum go at it in camp let whoever wins wins that battle and then you have whoever they draft whoever they may potentially like take the reins maybe the next season if both of them just are not the guy the bears don't make the playoffs but that's how i can see a case keenum guy a lower end not going to be your starter but he just he's he's a placeholder basically yeah i mean he would be would you be excited though if that was the plan of action didn't sound like it so here's the thing. If they draft my guy, Jake Fromm, then yes, I'm I'm all for it because I know that Case Keenum's not the guy. Obviously, the Bears would have liked Jake Fromm because I think it's going to it's going to be somewhere in the second round. I don't see him making it to that fourth round. If the Bears had a third round pick, it would be perfect, I think. But if they were to draft someone like that or Jalen Hurts, I'll give him, you know, uh, you know, an opportunity there as well. Someone that you could develop, that would Obviously, I wouldn't be excited for 2020 probably because you're not going to see that guy play, but you're looking towards that next season. And if the Bears can be competitive, you can you could be okay with that. But it's not like signing Case Keenum is not going to make me jump for joy. We're not doing an emergency podcast if Case Keenum gets signed. <laughs> Let's just say that. 
Well, wait, we always do, not emergency podcasts, but we do reaction shows. Mm-hmm. We do reaction shows. We did it for like Prince Mukamara, so we can do it for Case Keenum. I was in, I think I was, where was I? I was at South Padre when you guys did the Prince of Mukamara podcast, so I was not there. You did not partake into that podcast. It was a very popular show, by the way. You really missed out. That was a Dion Sims one, too, like that whole entire. <laughs> was, oh, so. man. Ooh, what a class. What a class <laughs> that one was. Uh, so looking at Case Keenum, I agree with you. Actually, a good question for you here, because we haven't mentioned Andy, Andy Dalton, because he's not a free agent. He is under contract, sure. and that would need to be traded for unless he got released. If Dalton was released and he had to go the veteran route, that could be a stopgap type of guy. Keenum or Dalton? Um, in that case, I think I would go Andy Dalton. The big thing is the the Bengals know that they they want to get some kind of compensation for him. That's what I, I ultimately think. And there's been speculation. Like it was on ESPN 1000. I was listening to the other day. Trey Wingo said it's not ridiculous to think that the Bengals would want a second round pick. For Andy Dalton, and I was just scratching my head, a second round pick for for a guy that is has been on the trajectory downwards for a while now for his career. I know he's had injuries and it just hasn't worked out. And that's why they're getting Joe Burrow with the number one overall pick. But I, I'm not I'm not all for giving up a second round pick to get Andy Dalton. But if he does get released and you know he can make that offer. Yeah, I, I would go the Andy Dalton route. Just the Bill Lazor kind of familiarity is something that you would value. And that's what a lot of these moves in the offseason have been for Matt Nagy, bringing in people that he's either familiar with. You'd want to think he'd do the same for some of his players that he'd also want to bring. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense here as well. Uh, for me, looking at this list, the only other one, and I know Bears fans aren't really excited about it. They're saying stay away. And I would lean towards it, but also I'm not. I wouldn't be totally surprised. Would be Marcus Mariota. Uh, if you go back and you read what Ryan Pace was talking about Mariota pre-draft, how much he liked him, he's the same guy. He just didn't succeed overly well in Tennessee, but he wasn't terrible. He just wasn't great. And last year they needed a spark, and he just wasn't the spark plug for that team. Ended up being Ryan Tannehill, but. Wouldn't it be surprised if Marcus Mariota is on the table, at least right now for the Bears, just given uh, Ryan Pace's, at least his comments. If you look back at what he was saying in 2015 about him, I know there's reports that he tried to move up to go ahead and get him. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think that would be the right move. I don't think he's the best fit. Don't think he would really push Trubisky too much, and you may have two bad apples in that quarterback room if that's the case. But just saying, it could be a potential option for the Bears as well. I'll tell you this. The one move that I would absolutely hate, absolutely hate, would be Jameis Winston. Yes. I've not I've never been a fan of Winston in his game. 30, 30 for 30, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. The guy just is careless. Absolutely cares with the football. I know he can put up all the stats, all the numbers, but he has not lived up to his number one overall pick. You know, same draft as Mariota. So that would just drive me insane. It would be uh I don't even know for training camp to watch him, but yeah, that would that would drive me nuts. Hey, with this defense, you can throw 30 picks and it, the damage would be mitigated. I take the 30 touchdowns. Not saying I, I want Jameis Winston <laughs> on this roster, but in theory, it may not be terrible. It may not, but I, I'd lose it. <laughs> yeah, we don't want the defense out there in extra 30 possessions a year. Then they probably want to be a top 10 defense. Very true. All right, anything else on quarterbacks? I think we the one lesson I have here is the free agency market there's a lot of guys out there, but none of them really excite me uh, to a degree where you would put big money at someone. You're not going to go spend big money on like a Teddy Bridgewater uh, with the Bears limited cap. 
Uh, then you got, again, Winston, eh. Uh, Mariota, eh. Case Keenum, like you said, okay, I guess. It's not it's not a sexy uh, acquisition by any means, but it's uh, one that I guess we can learn to understand. But nothing overly crazy going on in the quarterback world right now. No, not not really. The, the only other thing that I can think of is, will the Bears pick up Trubisky's fifth-year option? And that's still – Pace has time to do that, but it's more so leaning towards he's not going to do that. All right. We're going to keep this kind of like an old-school postgame show. Let's just roll on down to running back. Do you have any on your list, Nick? I actually don't. Not at running back. I When I was doing my free agents here, um, I leaned heavily towards the defense. I didn't think it would be that way, but just for some of the uh, positions that were there, uh, didn't have any on running back. Did you? I have one running back, actually. I was just looking and glancing because, I, I mean, I've been vocal on the podcast, too, of how much I think the Bears need one more back in the system. I uh, don't think Tariq Cohen's a true spell back in this league, and he needs someone else. So I was looking around the league. DeAndre Washington from the Raiders is someone that kind of piqued my fancy a little bit here. He's a pretty good runner, uh, over 1,100 yards in his four years, despite only starting five games. Uh, he averages about four yards per pop. Uh, what really gets me excited is his pass catching ability. Uh, last year, he had 36 catches for 292 yards, uh, 8.1 yards per catch. And when you're watching the film, you'll see he's shifty. He's really quick. Uh, he's a fighter. He's uh, He has great bursts when he sees an open hole. He's a very natural receiver. I just told you the stats. But when coming out of the backfield, he can run a quick swing route or a little angle route back up the middle and just carve up defenses. I'd be comfortable uh, with him too, starting if needed. Uh, per you know, David Montgomery, if he's unavailable for a week, DeAndre Washington would be someone that I would be comfortable with starting. And I don't think we would have Tariq Cohen in that same category, uh, Ryan Nall in that same category. You need someone who Mike Davis was supposed to be, and perhaps DeAndre Washington could be the guy. And his contract projection right now is only a two-year, five million. I'd make that deal on some, a guy that had. Uh, 1,100 yards in his four, last four years, and can be a valuable receiver out of the backfield as well. So, again, running back, not the Bears' biggest position to need, but they want to bolster the unit with a low-end contract. DeAndre Washington, uh, Oakland Raiders, maybe someone to kind of pay attention to. All right, wide receiver, Nick. I know you said your defense, but we're rolling down these positions uh, based off of my notes. So if you don't have anybody, that's okay. I don't have any wide receivers, but I do have a tight end if that's where you're going next. That is where I'm going to go next. I just want to mention one wide receiver. I try to get at least one per position, unlike someone else on here. <laughs> I, I like our different strategies, though. I've heard a lot of rumblings about Demarcus Robinson from the Chiefs uh, being connected to the Bears a little bit. Uh, he has that Matt Nagy experience. Uh, he was lower in the depth chart in a very crowded wide receiver room in Kansas City. Uh, last year, 32 catches, about 450 yards, four touchdowns, 14 yards per catch. So that'd be someone who can extend, uh, of course, those drives. He's a deep ball kind of guy. He has a really good game speed, although I wouldn't classify him as a true burner. Uh, playoff experience, too. Seven games in which he has eight catches for 120 yards. Have you heard anything about Demarcus Robinson and anything you want to mention about him? Because I know people are worried that he's kind of underachieved in Kansas City, but I would like to mention that was a very crowded wide receiver room. Uh, but also his production could have been bolstered by Patrick Mahomes just being ungodly at times. Yeah, ooh, ungodly. I like that word there, Will. Um, I think the last impression I really have of Robinson, um, it wasn't even the Super Bowl. It was the, I think it was, I believe, the AFC Championship game. Just a lot of drop passes from him. Um, and maybe it's just a crowded receiving room, and there's a lot of weapons that Kansas City likes to use. And he just wasn't the main guy. Change of scenery in an offense that the Bears obviously run. 
could be something similar, a very seamless transition for a guy like Robinson to come over to Chicago if that's the route they want to go. I just think whatever move that the Bears are going to make, I think the draft's going to be the place for it. It's the guys, like you classify him, he's not technically a burner. That's exactly what they need. So that's going to be the guy that I would expect to be brought in. And looking at free agency, I don't know if that's really the option they want to go. When there's just it's such a deep draft class at the wide receiver position that you can maybe get somebody in that fourth fifth round that classifies as that burner. Absolutely, I agree. Uh, moving on to tight end, I know you said you had one. Who's going to be your guy? Yeah, so if the Bears are going all out, want a guy? I think Austin Hooper just makes a lot of sense. It really does, especially because of the versatility that he has at that position. He's got enough size to where you can. You could classify him as a Y, but really he is that U tight end. And what this would allow the Bears to do, uh, the Bears to do, if they were to sign a guy like Austin Hooper, it kind of gives Trey Burton a little bit more time to be the guy that they expect him to be, because you can you can lean on an Austin Hooper, a guy that makes a living over the middle, and he's done it for years with Matt Ryan as a quarterback. But that's that's what the Bears are missing in their offense. That's why you look at. 2018 2019 you take out the tight end position that doesn't just affect the old line the running back i mean look at tree cohen and how he was used he was used completely different because there wasn't that key piece in the middle of that offense to get those first downs keep the chains moving austin hooper can do all that can run all the routes that are expected to be run in a matt Nagy type offense so if the bears want to go spend out top dollar have a reliable target at the tight end position, have somebody that you know you can count on, Austin Hooper's going to be that guy, and you're hoping that if you tag along a Trey Burton, like we said it earlier, we've said it on earlier podcasts, Will, whatever Trey Burton gives you is extra. It's not something that you can count on at this point, but if you can have that on one side, a Trey Burton on the other side, and whoever else the Bears have at tight end, that would actually not be a bad room, but you, again, it's... You, you have to expect Austin Hooper would be the main target, Trey Burton. You let him kind of get back from these injuries, and then you go about it that way. It would pay some pretty good money, but that would be a target if the Bears are looking to add a solidified pass-catching tight end. Austin Hooper's their guy. Now, you talked about a lot of money. I think his average salary is projected to be about $10 million a season. Trey Burton, I think he's already a top-eight contract in terms of tight ends in the league. Would you see the Bears putting that much revenue into that one position? So you're having a guy in Austin Hooper who may end up having, you know, one, if not the most expensive tight end salary. And then, of course, Trey Burton right behind him, who's sitting there like, you know, fifth or sixth in the league after this free agency period kind of settles down. Yeah. So I've, I've thought about this. If a team, if that's like their biggest need and you happen to have to put a lot of money into it, Look, I could see why teams would deter from doing that, but if that's like the thing that you need to make your offense a lot better, obviously we know that that's not the case for the Bears. They need a couple more pieces. Then you go out and do it. The Athletic, again, in that that piece, they kind of projected Austin Hooper would have a four-year, $42 million with $18 million guaranteed. Again, how you divvy up that contract is who knows. But that... That doesn't seem like the worst kind of contract as of right now, just kind of based off the numbers. Maybe the $42 million scares people, but it's $18 million guaranteed and how that's divvied up throughout the years, the four years, that you really got to pay attention to. But it is a question that if you think about the Bears, would they devote that much money to one position? If that position makes your offense completely different, then you got to take that risk because obviously they messed up with the one signing, Trey Burden. It looks like they messed up right now. 
you can kind of you can maybe solve that problem if you get a guy like Austin Hooper. Uh, two other guys on the list, uh, Eric Ebron from the Colts. Of course, we know him a lot from his time in Detroit. Uh, ever since he came down here to Indianapolis, uh, really kind of picked up his play, really good red zone threat. And then also Tyler Eifert out of Cincinnati. Uh, used to be a very productive tight end, one of the best tight ends in the league. Injuries have really taken a toll on his overall productivity, his availability. Would you steer clear of either or both of those tight ends? You know, I, I think that... Tyler Eifert's just a name that you want to maybe give a chance, just an opportunity to a guy like that. He's had a lot of injuries over the years, but we know how talented he was coming out of Notre Dame. And, you know, to start off his career, it, it would make sense. Of the, like, imagine they bring in Andy Dalton. It's like, well, does this make sense to bring in Tyler Eifert as well? Obviously, there's a familiarity there, but... You know, you would have to see the medicals, which I look the Bears. That's the thing with this coronavirus too; it affects like wanting to see phys- mm. these these physicals as well. So that obviously plays an impact here. But it would be a guy that may be worth looking into. The Bears should do their homework on everybody, but that's a guy that I wouldn't expect if we get reports that hey they're looking at Tyler Eifert. It wouldn't it wouldn't shock me at all. One other guy I have on my list uh, is Jacob Hollister from Seattle. Uh, he's very young. He's 26. Uh, he was traded to Seattle last year. He was originally on the New England Patriots. Uh, 41 catches, 350 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he's someone that may be a lower-end kind of deal uh, compared to like an Austin Hooper, compared to like an Eric Ebron. So he would be a little bit cheaper. And he's, like I said, still very young. You still you may get a little bit out of him, and it could be an interesting counterpart. Nothing that I would get super excited about, but if you're trying to just throw in as many pieces to the puzzle and keep the cost down, that might be a way to go. Uh, and also, Nick, uh, J.P. Holtz, Adam Shaheen. I think J.P. Holtz, you said you would re-sign. Have you changed your mind? And also, Adam Shaheen, I can't believe he hasn't gotten cut yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, they don't have to make that cut right now. They can obviously do that sometime in... Um, you know, training camp. But as of right now, the, the Bears have only brought in who is it, Demetrius Harris? If that's if that's the correct name at the tight end position, mm-hmm. uh, d- hopefully that's right. But yeah, if if that's the group that you're running with right now, you do bring back a, J- a JP Holtz. He did some good things in the run, you know, the blocking game there, and he was ironically one of the more consistent people when he was actually playing. Yeah, I'm tired of what the Bears have done in terms of... I mean, we still have Dax Raymond on the practice squad, too, uh, someone that people were very high on in the drafts last year. But it just seems like it's been a lot of the same you know, over the past few years at the tight end position where you'd have, like, a Trey Burton, and then you hope for an Abshaheen, and then everyone else beneath are, you know, undrafted guys that you're just trying to hold pan out. And I'm glad the Bears made one signing. I know that Harris isn't a huge signing, someone to get overly excited about, but at least they're bringing in guys who've been around the league, have experience, and I think... Adding another body is not off the table. I know that they could go this route in the draft, uh, but also given their limited draft resources, especially in the top end of this draft, you're not going to be getting one of the best tight ends. And who knows like how quickly it'll kind of drop off in between pick uh, 50 and 144, 140, wherever that comp pick landed. So we'll see. I don't, it would be really interesting to see if the Bears do throw more money into the tight end position. But again, Trey Burton's already way up there in terms of tight end contracts, which of course he's being overpaid uh, compared to his production, uh, which is very unfortunate for the Bears' circumstances. Moving on to offensive line, Nick, I'm not going to break this down between guard and tackle and center or anything like that. Let's just keep offensive line into one big cluster. Who's on your radar? Yeah, because so you have to again, throw one up. 
Sorry. Yeah, we do have to. Yeah, we do have to fill one up. And if the Bears are going to spend top dollar on uh, this position, I really like Brandon Sheriff uh, from the Redskins. Twenty-eight years old, uh, former Iowa Hawkeye. We were actually in the same class. I didn't know it until I think the last day of class. He was in my sport and film class. I, oh, wow. I think he always showed up, but he was always very soft-spoken and just whenever this large man stood up, like, "Who the hell is that?" And then one of my friends was like, "That's Brandon Sheriff. He's that's going to be a first-round pick." I'm like. Wow, he's he's a big man. But when you watch him play, he is exactly what the Bears need at that guard position. Whoever they bring, I want someone that's nasty, who's a mauler, who just gets after people. You put on the film and watch Brandon Sheriff play, he absolutely destroys people. And he does it effortlessly just because of how strong and big this guy is. But he's also athletic and get out in space. The only thing with Sheriff right now is injuries in the last three years he's missed 15 games and he's i think he's asking upwards up to 15 million dollars that's not good i don't think that's where he's going to end up getting look just using spot track and what their market value is for a guy like brandon sheriff they take it to age experience games miss all that into value they have it projected as 12.4 million average annual salary that if you're looking for someone that's going to be plug and play don't have to worry about that position. You have a veteran type of player. That's exactly what you want in a Brandon Sheriff. Um, he did have a little bit of a penalty issue last year, had eight penalties last season. But I think it's just dealing with injuries. And you have a rookie quarterback as well with Dwayne Haskins back there. I think there's a lot of factors why Sheriff didn't have a good of a season as years past. But if the Bears are looking to spend top dollar, they want to get a – a good offensive lineman, just got to hope that he's healthy, that can remain healthy, Brandon Sheriff would be their guy. And he may end up getting tagged, too, uh, by Washington, mm-hmm. which would take him off the table, but it's kind of cool you had a class with him. That's my biggest takeaway. Yeah, I mean, I had class. And like I say, he didn't say much in class. I don't think uh, a lot of those guys do, those top you know, when you're going to be like a first-round draft pick and make millions of dollars, you just kind of cruise through, get through the air, graduate, and get that mm-hmm. money. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's—I think expected to get about twelve to thirteen million a year, uh, depending on how this thing shakes out. That's a lot of money, which I don't know if the Bears would have that kind of capital to invest into a position. Would be a huge upgrade compared to well, right now I don't even think uh, Coward is under contract, so it would be a huge filling of this hole that we've had at right guard. When I'm looking at a couple of guard options, uh, one I was looking at like this protected contracts, and I saw uh, Vatai uh, from Philly is protected to get about 10 million a year. So I'm going a little lower because that's still a little bit too much money for me. Uh, so someone that kind of looked interesting was Graham uh, Glasgow, uh, of course, from Detroit. The Lions were very familiar with him. He was a top 15 guard last season. He's someone uh, who came into the league, and he just got better each and every year. And those are the type of guys that you want to find. Uh, keep uh, the progression moving forward. In 872 snaps last year, he only allowed five quarterback hits, uh, credited with zero sacks given up, and only three penalties against all year. I think he would be a perfect plug-and-play. His experience is right guard. He can also play center in a pinch, so this would give the Bears those three guys who can play the position. Again, he's not one of the biggest names out there, although I think now that free agency is about to begin, they're like, oh, he may be underrated uh, in terms of a signing. Now, the traction's starting to pick up. Um, but this is an interesting fit for me as well. And I also have a value pick at guard because I, there's just a big hole there we got to fill. Uh, Stefan Wisniewski, uh, who played for the Chiefs last year, he's older. He's going to be turning 31, but I think he's going to be a, he could be a good value type of guy that the Bears could land. 
Uh, he has experience in the system. He had three years in Philadelphia, spent last year with Kansas City. Uh, he played left guard for the Chiefs for 11 games after being signed in October. A uh, very good year there, especially in the playoffs, really picked up his game. And when I'm looking at Wisniewski, how I see him is that Eric Cush, Ted Larson type. And the Bears can still draft someone uh, early on to kind of compete for this job, but they would have the assurance of a veteran, a savvy veteran in Wisniewski as well. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. His last contract is one year for only $1.25 million. So he could be a very budget-friendly deal. And so for me, Stefan Wisniewski, uh, I know he's mentioned he would like to go back to the Chiefs. I would too uh, after the season that they had as well. But it, maybe the Bears can lure him away. But if you're trying to find a veteran option uh, that would be relatively low cost, uh, Stefan Wisniewski uh, would be my guy. Any other offensive linemen, Nick? That's all I had. Is Bears want to go big? That'd be that'd be a home run hit, but it would be a lot of that limited cap space that they do have devoted to one position. There, it fills it. It completes you know that offensive line, but it'd definitely be a commitment for sure. Uh, real quickly on some in-house guys, Rashad Coward and TJ Clemmings. Would you give a contract offer to either of them now or let things continue to shake out for a while? You know, I think you, you let that shake out, but it seems like the Bears uh, at least look, they, they see what Rashad Coward is able to do, obviously going defense to offense and being asked to play as a starter. Not easy for any backup to do. I wouldn't be surprised if he's back. I really wouldn't. Rashad Coward. But um Williams, I, I don't think we saw enough of him, to be completely honest, to say that he, he earns he earned a spot on this team. I said Clemmings. Sorry, TJ I Clemmings. I said Wemming. Williams. Clemmings. You're looking at Sorry. me. I understand. It's okay. That's what I'm doing. Nah, I'm, I'm very distracting. I quite, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Moving on to the defense. So now, Nick, you're going to have some guys to talk about, but I'm going to start with defensive line. Anybody on the defensive line? We just <laughs> tendered Roy Robson Harris, so just checking. There you go. That that fills that spot. So I don't have I have I have more people in the secondary actually, ironically. But Oh, well, that that makes sense. I mean, we need what? A starting safety, a uh, primary backup at safety cuz no Deion Bush under contract right now and you brought in a Trey Robertson from CFL, but you don't know if he's going to be a starting corner in this league just yet. So, it makes sense you have secondary. We'll work our way there. Defensive line, Will said he has a name for every position, so I'm going to hold true to my promise. Uh, I'm looking at signing a veteran and someone who I think could bolster this unit. And when I'm doing my research... Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. The name that kept popping up is Derek Wolf out of Denver. Uh, He did play with Vic Fangio last year, which... Uh, Playing with Fangio, he had a career-high seven sacks, so there's the Vic Fangio effect uh, still uh, very much strong over there in Denver. Um, But again, this is an intriguing option to bring in an established vet. He isn't flashy, but he's solid and very consistent. In his eight years, he has 300 tackles and 33 sacks, and with the Bears already being somewhat deep at defensive line, this wouldn't be a depth piece per se, but this would just completely bolster the unit. Him with a Bilal Nichols, with Roy Robinson-Harris, and Akeem Hicks, that seems like a very deep and deadly defensive line, and Eddie Goldman as well. And with Akeem Hicks, I know that 
he had a very freak injury with his elbow. I'm still hesitant. Now he's getting, you know, he's past the prime age. We saw what injuries can kind of do to a person in Kyle Wong. And I know Akeem hasn't had as many, but just looking at the history and the age, I think Akeem can have a very good year and live up to the standard that we're all used to. But I don't think that's 100% certain. I think you have to have some sort of contingency plan in place. And Derek Wolf may be a really uh, interesting one for me uh, as I'm kind of doing my research here. Yeah, so looking within the division for maybe defensive tackle edge guys, look, I think the Bears would be wrong not to at least do their homework on these two. You have Linval Joseph, who was just released today from the Minnesota Vikings, and you also have Everson Griffin, who's they're both going to hit free agency. The thing is with these two players, obviously they're getting up there in age and they just haven't performed like years past, but the Bears are so familiar with these two guys having played them for years, which is within the NFC North. I would expect the Bears to at least look into it because they know they can add some more depth on that side of you know the front seven. So if you look at guys that you're familiar with, see what they've done to you in years past and see, hey can I bring in somebody like a Linval Joseph or an Everson Griffin and tag that with a top 10 defense? That's going to make your defense better. It will. And I would, I would expect them to at least do their homework, but those are two guys within the division who are going to hit free agency that the bears should just at least look into. Yeah. And good thing is when you, our division guys, you already have, you know, light years ahead in homework because you face them two times a year, year in, year out. So you have a full scattering report on all these players as well. So that does give them a little bit of a leg up here in that regard. Uh, and John Filippo was with the Vikings, so he can also give some insight of what was it like to practice against them being the offensive coordinator that he was there. So there's there's some ties that can go into this on seeing with these former Vikings and if they make sense for the Bears. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a really good one because I know that people were, it was like a flood of people getting cut, like right before we went live, like an hour or two before we went live here. It was just a stream and I'm cooking dinner and trying to get my day job kind of taken care of. So I wasn't able to check in on all these guys. And I didn't even know that uh, Joseph was available. So that's a really good one uh, for you, Nick. Uh, But real quickly on defensive line, one other name I need your opinion on is Nick Williams. Uh, Would you bring him back? I think you said you would play him in the state of the franchise episode, Roy Robinson Harris tendered Nick Williams. Would you bring him back? He should be relatively inexpensive. Uh, He was just like you said earlier with Roy Robinson Harris inconsistent. Uh, A lot of his productivity was in the first quarter of the season and then kind of tapered off, but he could be a really good depth piece to at least bring into camp. And who knows if you bring in other players, he can be beaten out off this roster, but at least of right now, he seems like a pretty logical option. Yeah, he, it's a logical option. You saw you saw flashes, and I think it, it took a while for Nick Williams to register his first sack in the league, and he gets six um, just last season. So you saw the flashes, and just like Roy Robertson Harris, you just want to see it even out throughout throughout the entirety of a season. But I think it would make sense to at least you would you'd be able to get him for cheap. So I I don't see why not you don't make that that move and bring him back. Moving on to Edge, when I'm doing my homework at Edge, Nick. It feels like everyone that we would want on this defense is going to just cost too much damn money unless they rescind Leonard Floyd's 13.2 million fifth year option. But then if you do that, you do need to hit a home run on some of these guys. But I'd be really curious to your thought process as you're looking at edge, because it's like you have this top group of edge rushers and then you have like a bottom tier and it's just the drop off goes so quickly. And I wouldn't want to overpay on a guy that may even give you less than what Leonard Floyd can provide now. Yeah, and I think the name that comes up that 
you can get somebody. I think everyone knows the name Vic Beasley, but how much are you really getting if you were to bring a guy in with someone who just he really is underperformed being a former first round pick? Um, I don't know if he's even better than a Leonard Floyd, even getting after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a lot of Falcons like fans, like when he was cut, they're like, hallelujah, thank you, get out of here, adios, good riddance. I don't know if you want to bring in like, if that fan base turned on him so much. I don't know what appeal like what he has is appealing that you know Leonard Floyd wouldn't. Yeah, see that's the thing. Um, that's why when I see that name and I I see a lot of Bears fans on Twitter they talk about it. Well, and it's a mixed bag. Like we don't need a Vic Beasley. Oh, we maybe he could be a cheaper option. It's like, do you want a cheaper option that's still going to be not productive? Like that's not that's not the whole point here. You still want to be able to get somebody that can just compliment Khalil Mack. But then you go to, let's say that's the bottom tier. Then you have like a guy who's projected to hit, uh, or he's going to be a free agent, like a Shaquille Barrett, who was very productive, but that's just out of the bears range. I would think Mm -hmm. I ultimately think maybe it changed a little bit with the contract they gave Dan Trevathan, but I think Leonard Floyd's going to be back. I really do. And I want to see if they can actually extend that deal to make a little bit up uh, the money up front kind of dispersed over the years, change the guaranteed money a little bit. You, the, again, contracts are fluid. You can mix, you can mess with them a little bit depending on what your situation is each year. But I think that's just going to be the move that the bears make. If you're going to replace Leonard Floyd and you rescind the option and you try to recoup that money, I think right now I would put that money towards a Marcus golden coming out of New York for the giants. Uh, 10 sacks last year. He was in the top 15 in the NFL in pressures. Uh, he had 64, which is only six less than Khalil Mack. And I think he had like 60 pass rush snaps less than Mack. So just I think they're almost on par for pass rush per snap. Uh, he's a very solid against a run. He had 14 more run stops than Leonard Floyd last year. And looking at his market value, I think it comes in at $13.5 million, which Leonard Floyd's franchise, uh, not franchise tag, the uh, fifth-year option comes in at $13.2 million, So just a little bit more money. Uh, he is 29, uh, but he's also had a very inconsistent career. But you think he'd thrive in Chicago alongside Khalil Mack under Chuck Pagano than what he's been dealing with over in New York with the Giants, which haven't been a good football team over the past few seasons. That would be one guy if you're trying to just, you know, cut ties with Leonard Floyd uh, and replace him and don't lose some of the stuff he does in terms of stopping the run, which is one of Leonard Floyd's strengths. Uh, Marcus Golden would be an option, at least for me, uh, but I understand where your gut and my gut kind of follows you where they've been talking him up personally. They want him back. I And I think Leonard Floyd is someone that, they want to bring back, but damn, that $13 million, I just don't know how he's ever going to be worth that much per year. Yeah, and look, they and the Bears, they have been talking up Leonard Floyd. They've also been talking about Trubisky, so it's like, can we even take, we can't really take what they say seriously just because of how how the Bears organization is, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting situation. Leonard Floyd, I think, is a good football player. He's just not what he's being paid, what he would be end up being paid, he's just, he's not good at that aspect. Mm-hmm. Getting after the quarterback, and that's the, that's the big issue here. Yep, exactly. It'd be and again, we're looking at this through a free agency lens today. You can go to the draft, and we can start talking about second round options here. But 
we're trying to fill the holes now, or at least figure out what this roster is going to look like as we enter the draft. So I want to make sure I say that at least here once on the show that people understand kind of where we're coming from. We're not trying to do an offseason plan where it's sign this guy and also draft this guy. We're just doing this piece by piece as we're kind of going through uh, real time, even though we did do a mock draft first, but <laughs> that's okay. Uh, moving into uh, inside linebacker, of course, Dan Trevathan uh, just resigned, as we mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, anyone else on your short list? Is it going to be KPL? Do you want to just bring him back as your third guy and just keep it all in-house and move forward to other positions of bigger needs? Yeah, so I think that's what the Bears will ultimately do. Just because they've the Bears saw firsthand what their backups were capable of in a season when you lose both your starters. And I think Kevin Pierre-Lewis would be a smart signing for the Bears, especially because of how he played and what he was able to do when he was asked to you know, go in for Danny Trevathan that got injured, go in for Roquan Smith that got injured. I thought he played well. He looked fast. That was a thing. And with the holes that the Bears have, I think you can spend your money in better places of need than to go out and get what would ultimately be a backup inside linebacker because Roquan Smith should be healthy by training camp, hopefully, and so should Dan Trevathan. Those are going to be your starters. Resign Kevin Pierre-Lewis. You still have Joel E.A. Buniwe, who really it's looking like he, he has it obviously done much on the defense. Good special teamer. But I think the inside linebacker for the Bears is set, and I think they'll ultimately resign. KPL to a, a team-friendly deal, obviously, of being a veteran. It's not going to be cost them too much money. Yeah, and it makes sense. I think Kevin Pierre-Lewis, even if Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith, and fingers crossed it does happen, uh, stay healthy for all 16 games, I can see him earning his fair share of snaps, too. You know, spelling either one of these guys, uh, coming in in some obvious uh, pass-rushing situations, because that is one of his strengths. He is a really good pass rusher. He's shown that he can do that, too, in some limited co- uh, opportunities too. So yeah, Kevin Pierre Lewis makes a lot of sense. And you talked about it. Why would you go somewhere else in free agency right now? And then even in the draft with your limited draft capital, do you really want to use one on an inside backer? I know I wouldn't, I don't think they do too. So it just makes so much sense. And hopefully uh, it's something that kind of happens here. I'm not going to say sooner rather than later, because we have to wait on KPL being signed. Okay. Um, but it would, I would feel a little bit more comfortable uh, and wrestle sleeping at night, uh, knowing he is under contract as well. And now for the grand finale, Nick, we're at the secondary, which I know you've been waiting for for this entire episode here. So uh, you've been talking a big game. Let's see if you can back it up. Where do you want to start? Is there a specific position? Safety? Cornerback? I have a guy. No corner? That- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We, have, we have a lot of money. <laughs> I actually don't. <laughs> the same. Uh, let's go ahead and start at corner and then move our way down to safety. So cornerback, where, where are you at? Yeah, so just kind of looking at how the Bears have approached the the cornerback position in years past, going back to Prince of Mukamura, the one episode that I wasn't, you know, there for, um, how they the Bears approached that. They went with a veteran that, you know, maybe was just not fitting where he was at, obviously playing with the Giants and the Jaguars time Prince was. But I look at a guy like Eli Apple, who's been on two teams as well, very similar kind of background. They almost have pretty similar stats through their last five seasons. Uh, Amukamara's had 279 tackles and three interceptions. Eli Apple, 233 tackles, three interceptions. Very similar stats there. But I think you can get him if you're going to go like a one-year option and kind of prove a deal, like what they did with Prince initially when they signed him in 2017. One year, $7 million, maybe get him for $6 million. It's a guy that, no, he's not the best corner. He's definitely not the worst. But you tag him along 
obviously impair him with a Kyle Fuller and you have the best safety in the league in the back there, you don't necessarily need to get top dollar for that position. You just need someone that's capable. And for a majority of the time that Prince was here, he was able to do that. And yes, teams would target him. They would also throw a lot to you know Kyle Fuller as well. So I think you can get a guy like Eli Apple who has that NFL experience and it would be a good fill for the Bears. He did have some penalty issues, five PIs last uh, last year, eight penalties overall, very similar to a Prince of Mukamara last season. But if you're looking not to spend top dollar, but get somebody you can count on, give him a prove-it-year deal, you know, one-year prove-it deal like Pace has done consistently with a lot of guys, I think it just makes a lot of sense. Eli Apple. Interesting. I didn't expect Eli Apple coming from you, but I'm going <laughs> to roll with it. Uh, intrigued by it. Uh, looking at my corners, the guy I have, I don't know why, what is up with me and bargain buys from uh, now Las Vegas, almost said Oakland, but Daryl Worley, uh, he's only 25. He's had a he, he had an okay year last year. I want to call it a great year, but he did have, uh, over his four-year career so far, 34 pass breakups, a really good in size. He's 6'1", 215. Uh, he has, on top of the size, really good speed and also athleticism. Uh, like I said, uh, the entire Oakland team was bad. Well, they were okay, but pretty bad. Uh, and it was just a bad secondary. That defense was uh, not one to write home about last season. Um, I don't know if it was systematic or him, uh, Worley, but he had ups and downs. And when I'm looking at him, again, 25, I think his best football's ahead. I think he has a lot of talent. I see a buster screen. I see someone who's in a bad system and a bad defense and didn't have the best numbers. And the Bears can get him to a pretty friendly deal who's still young and they can still kind of groom. Chuck Pagano is known to get the most out of his secondary players. This one can be like a buster screen type of uh, signing for the Bears as they're trying to bring in uh, someone to compete on the outside now. Again, uh, you still have uh, on here uh, Roberson, but doesn't mean he's going to be a starter. So I think you still need to add more bodies here. And uh, this one is a very intriguing one for me. Any other corners? Don't have another corner, but I think the same argument you can also put for an Eli Apple. who didn't have a very good season with the Saints, but that was the same thing with Buster Screen and with the Jets. He comes over to the Bears. He has a good he has a really good season, I would say. Only had the Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Temper Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. The biggest knock on uh, Buster's screen with the Jets, pass interference calls. He had one, and it was a double PI in that Detroit game that Mm -hmm. ended up canceling out. Eli Apple had a very similar issue with the PI calls, put them, but put them in a good defense. Things start to happen when you have a lot of playmakers around you. The Bears defense kind of just does that. But moving on to the safety position, a guy that I think makes sense, ironically, he's on he's on the Saints as well, or he, he was, uh, Von Bell, strong safety, only 25 years old. His projected market value, according to Spot Track, three years, 13.7 million, 4.5 on average. But he's a strong safety. He's a guy that is not going to, you know, create a lot of turnovers. He reminds me of an Adrian Amos. He really does. A guy that's going to fill the stat sheet, you know, defend the tight end, play in the box, 
That's what you need. You don't need – I don't think you need another playmaker, even though, ironically, in my mock draft, I had uh, going with Jeremy Chin as being a playmaking guy that they can get. But if they want to go a route where it's a cheap safety, someone you can rely on, someone who's going to make a lot of tackles and complement that with a free safety like A. Jackson, Von Bell would be a good choice for the Bears not to spend a lot of money but have a consistent player who's still very young. Has a lot of upside still, and he hasn't produced. Um, he's only got one interception in his career, very similar to an Adrian Amos, who I went through the first three or three years didn't, you know, have many interceptions. Wasn't a playmaker, but consistent. And I think that's what the Bears need at the strong safety position. If, which I don't expect them to do, if they don't bring back a Deion Bush. Mm-hmm. Well, so you said you don't expect Deion to be back. No, no. If they don't expect, if they don't bring back Deion Bush then this would be the option I'd go at. Understood. So what if what happens if they do bring it back, Deion Bush? I need to know the other side of this coin. I like Deion Bush as a starter, uh, opposite of Eddie Jackson. I, I'm confident in what he's able to do. I think I think he's better suited to be a strong safety. He was playing a lot of free safety when Eddie Jackson was gone. Was he capable of doing it? Yes, but I think he's more suited to being in that box where he can hit you know, just be closer to the line of scrimmage and react. Be that big nickel, too, as well, if you want to do do that, if you're, you're bringing in um, multiple defensive backs. But I think that's where Deion Bush would have the most success on the football field. Not the free safety position. Move him up close to the line of scrimmage and let him make plays. Now, for me, looking at safety, I mentioned one. I think there's actually a question about it in one of our episodes, maybe like four or five ago, about Tony Jefferson. And it's still kind of kicking some gears in my head. Uh, he's an eight-year vet. He's a very consistent and strong player. He fits that box safety mold. Uh, and, of course, the only knock on him is the fact that he towards ACL last year. And that's a really serious injury. But we've seen players come back from it. Now, of course, he I mean, he's, I think, 28. Yeah, check my notes. He's 28. So I think he's young enough where he can bounce back from this in a relatively quick fashion. Uh, the Ravens, I think they're due to pay him over $12 million. And I understand why you don't want to pay a guy that much money coming off an ACL surgery. Uh, so I think this could be a low-risk, kind of high-reward guy. Another, like you said, maybe a one-year prove-it deal. I think there's some room left in a tank for him, and he's known for being a great leader, a great locker room presence, and he'd be a good fit. I don't think he would take away Eddie Jackson's leadership that he has back there, um, but kind of understand his role in this defense and accept it. And then if you're going a younger route and maybe someone that's not off an injury, I was looking at Carl Joseph. Yeah, from the Raiders, another bargain buy. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. It's probably a bad thing if they went with three bargain guys from the Raiders. I'm just going to say it now, but it's in my notes. Uh, but Carl Joseph, another box safety. He's really great along and near the line of scrimmage. Uh, in his four-year career, he has 15 pass breakups, four interceptions, uh, three touchdowns allowed only in four years, and a 93.2 pass rating against. Uh, he had a strong start to his career and injuries and, well, the Raiders uh, just kind of seen him uh, unable to continue his progression. I think that can be restructured and resurrected under Pagano and alongside Eddie Jackson. He's only 26. He's a former first rounder. Maybe there's something there uh, in Carl Joseph as well. Looking at a corner real quick, I see a few people in the chat. I did have something along these lines too in my show notes, but we didn't get to it. But I'll bring it up to you. A lot of people have been mentioning they wouldn't mind a Kendall Fuller over here, so you would have Kyle and Kendall. And if I remember correctly, Kendall played a lot of nickel corner and then got moved back to safety where his play kind of declined. Never really seen him play outside corner. Would you 
try that and just to have two brothers on a team. It's really cool if you would have, you know, <laughs> each outside starting corner uh, be a fuller. But I don't know if that's actually the best option for the Bears. Yeah, um, I'm going to be completely honest. I haven't watched a lot of, of Kendall Fuller and what he's capable of, but it would be an interesting dynamic to have both those guys on the outside. But, it, yeah, it would. I don't know if there's been a lot of even teams that have ever had like brothers like that playing the same position uh, on the same team. That, that would be an interesting concept. I know Waddle and Sylvie were talking about it maybe a week ago or something like that, but it would be interesting uh, go, to go back to Tony Jefferson. I knew like when he brought up the name, like where did I see him just recently on March 11th, he actually posted a video of him. He's and he tweeted first day back running feels good to be back on my feet. He still has a brace on that left knee where he tore that ACL, but he is uh, running for the first, first time in, you know, since a while, but March 11th when everything with the coronavirus went down, but that's, that's what also was on uh, Twitter that day. Nick, any final thoughts? Uh, we talked about a lot of players. The Bears can sign some of these guys. Not all these guys. Definitely not all these guys. Uh, they can sign a, a couple of these guys, a few of these guys, maybe even just one, maybe none. We don't know. We're going to find out soon. But any final thoughts? The only parting thought I have, which is very similar to our mock draft episode, whew, Ryan Pace has a heck of a job and slate in front of him this offseason with a limited cap and a limited draft capital. He really needs to make, you know, make every move he completes count. And it's going to be a tough uh, job to do so. Yeah, he's he's got his work cut out for him for sure. And then everything with having the limitations on meeting with players, the physicals that you can get on these players. It's it's a lot that Ryan Pace is going to be asked to do, but he needs to if he wants to get this team competitive again for the 2020 season. So you would expect that the Bears are going to be prepared to, you know, sign whoever they want. And you know Ryan Pace. If he likes a guy, he will put out the money and go get go get him. If they if he sees a fit there. So yeah, we've seen a couple moves that have happened just the last, you know, day. Just with Trevathan and now with Roy Robertson Harris. There's going to be a lot more coming, especially with the league year starting on March 18th, Wednesday. And we'll just have to see what Ryan Pace does next. But yeah, like like we said earlier in the podcast, if anything happens with like a Derek Carr or like big news, we'll be here to talk about it, discuss it, and let you guys know what our thoughts are. Absolutely. That's what we're here for. And that's what we've been here for for the past five years. And uh, we're going to continue to do that for. I'm going to say the foreseeable future, but I'm not going to say we're going anywhere soon, but who knows? I'm kidding. Just give me a hard time. Nick's like, what? I just want to make <laughs> Nick sweat a little bit. No, we're not going anywhere. You know that. Uh, but I want to thank everyone from listening to this episode. Nick and I really do appreciate each and every one of you. And in times like these across the entire globe, I just know that we are wishing that you and yours remain safe and healthy. Uh, if you do appreciate us and the show, please do make sure to rate and review it on Apple Pod- Podcasts. It does help us become more discoverable and to more Bears fans just like you. I want to give a shout out to Jake Bull 96, Gundy 4417, Peter A. Wagner, and Dryer J10 for leaving your reviews over the past week. Uh, they're a joy to read, uh, and we're just very thankful for the time that you took to help us out. We're only 35 away from our goal of 600 reviews, and again, we want to reach that by training camp. Uh, so if you have a moment and you haven't reviewed our show yet or rated it, just do so. Uh, it'd be super awesome if you could. Uh, We'll be back, I'm assuming, within a few days. And you better believe we're going to be doing these instant reaction episodes as soon as any news drops that the Bears have made some signings. But until then, stay safe. And of course, bear down, Chicago.
personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.